0: Welcome to Quantum Kingdom Life Virtual Church Media. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. And there's the Queen's wave. You're in a live audience tonight. Everybody say hello. hello. We are going to have fun tonight. We're gonna, you're going to have your senses exercised as Hebrews chapter 5 verse 13 and 14 says, but you have need of milk instead of meat, because you have yet need to be taught, the Apostle Paul said to the the church at Hebrews. He said, I want you to grow up, and he says, I want to feed you strong meat, but you're not ready yet. Well, good news is this. He says, you have your senses exercised to discern or distinguish between both good and evil. You know, sometimes you can't tell between good and evil nowadays it's very deceptive and all of a sudden what sounds good in a headline you click on it it's like clickbait and you read down in the article it's completely opposite of what the headline reads and other times it's the opposite direction so I think that we need to have a spiritual discernment or an ability to identify what's taking place the motivating spirit behind messaging people's intents and motives of the heart. The Bible says that we should have our senses exercised. When you exercise muscles, you work them out. So work is force against resistance is work. Force against resistance is work. And when you exercise, you may do upper body enhancement exercises. The more the weight, sometimes the quicker you grow, the less the weight. Sometimes you get in great cardio, but unless you put a little weight on the bar, you don't really grow your muscles through exercise. Our spiritual senses must be exercised biblically so that we have the ability to discern or distinguish or recognize good evil do you know it is much easier to deceive a person than it is to convince a person that they've been deceived it is easier to deceive a person than to convince a person that they've been deceived have you ever run into a situation where there's maybe a husband or wife and their spouse has not done the right thing and you feel prompted to bring it to their attention that they're Spouses is maybe out doing something that's a violation of the marital covenant, and you're a friend of theirs, and the spouse has deceived them into thinking that's not the case. And when you go try to share that with them, they look at you like you're crazy because they have been deceived. And then months later or years later, when it all comes out, it finds out that the spouse has been a serial adulterer when you tried to bring this to their attention. It was much easier for the spouse to deceive the mate than it was for anyone to convince them that they had been deceived but if we have our senses exercised we grow up we exercise our senses we'll be able to discern both good and evil and god wants us to tonight we're going to talk about the five spiritual senses the five prophetic senses, it will enable us to see in the Spirit, hear in the Spirit, smell in the Spirit, taste in the Spirit, feel in the Spirit. Just like you have five physical senses, did you know that you also have five spiritual senses and as you exercise them, you work them out, you begin to train in the Holy Spirit with your senses. You'll be able to walk into a room and be able to pick things up instantly, even though different things might be coming out of someone's mouth that are contrary to what you picked up over time. You'll find that your senses are accurate. Using the model of our five physical senses, sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch, we discover one of the many ways in which god communicates to us or speaks to us i have a book called hearing god 25 different biblical ways one of the ways is the spiritual senses and underneath that category is these five things sight hearing smell taste and touch but there are many other ways in which god speaks but tonight we want to highlight this because god is releasing an activation for those under the sound of my voice he always confirms his word that's been taught or preached or spoken with signs and wonders following when we're doing it under the directive of the holy spirit today i was sitting at the computer i said lord what would you want me to speak on tonight five spiritual senses and i said the five spiritual senses so i pulled up my notes from a book i'd written 20 years ago and i pulled up the notes from that section and we're gonna go through this tonight, are you ready? Put on your seat belts, prepare for a fun ride because you're gonna be activated in your five spiritual senses and God's gonna begin highlighting that and opening up your senses prophetically to discern both good and evil. So using the model of our five physical senses, sight, hearing, smell, taste and touch, We discover another way that God speaks to us. He will give us revelation through spiritual seeing, spiritual hearing, spiritual smelling, spiritual tasting, and spiritual touch. Although this may initially sound strange, there are scriptural precedents for God speaking to us through our spiritual senses. Number one, spiritual sight. Prophets were often called seers in the Old Testament. They were able to see in the realm of the Spirit. In 1 Kings chapter 2, we find an example of the gift of distinguishing or discerning or recognizing spirits operating through what I refer to as spiritual sight. When Elijah was translated to heaven, Elijah received a double portion of the Spirit, that was upon Elijah, and he also received Elijah's, Elijah's mantle for ministry. Consider what the prophets said when they saw him. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho opposite him saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. These young men saw that the spirit of Elijah was now upon Elisha what did they see question mark was there some physical change in elijah or was it a spiritual change they could see with their spiritual eyes there was a spiritual presence on elijah that they now saw resting upon Elisha. this was the prophetic mantle or authority in which elijah had walked there are many times when i can walk into a room and i see in the spirit where somebody has a mantle on them of authority or they're glowing with the presence of God or their face shines like an angel and I can see in the Spirit, other people may not recognize it. My wife is very gifted in the area of seer anointing to be able to see into the realm of the Spirit. We'll get more into this as this teaching unfolds, but I don't want to lose our momentum in getting through the five spiritual senses. So this is just a cursory, headline on spiritual sight there's a there's a song it says surely the presence of the Lord is in this place I can hear can hear the mighty angel and the glory on each face I can feel the brush of angels wings I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. So where do you think that song came from? The Holy Spirit birthed that song and we sing it as words. But think about this. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face and surely the presence of the Lord is in this place do you know that you can also hear in the spirit you can smell in the spirit Come, you can taste in the spirit come taste and see that the Lord is good the rose of Sharon the lily of the valley a friend of mine when he was ministering he ministered in the prophet's office about 1.8 million came to christ he had a cane breaking anointing two were raised from the dead in his ministry and angels would show up in the services and he had the gift of the seer and he would see an angel two angels or three angels show up in his services and they would literally be out in the congregation and they would stand next to somebody And they would point to somebody's ear and he would point out and he says, ma'am, in the uh, pink shirt with the white hat on, your left ear, the Lord is healing you right now. The power of God would hit him, they'd fall out under the power. As he would point, they thought it was his finger that was doing the work. It was the angel sent by God that was doing the work and he could see in the realm of the spirit. Literally, he would see an angel with power on him go through the congregation diagonally and he would point and as he would point the power of god would come and people would spill out under the power like you know the parting of a red sea and they thought it was his finger and he says it wasn't me he says i was simply announcing the game on the field i wasn't the one causing the plays to happen he says as i pointed like that i saw the angel go i'd be like there's the angel and they People would fall. They thought it was me pointing my finger and the power was coming off my finger. No, I was simply pointing out what God was already doing. He says sometimes the angel would zigzag in the congregation and he goes, they would go this way, that way, and they would fall out and this way. And wherever my finger would point, they thought it was me. No, wherever the angel was going, I was like, there he goes. And so he had to get to spiritual sight. Now, why didn't everybody else see that well he went on 30 40 day fast in his life and so he climbed up into the realm of the spirit putting off physical food that he might receive spiritual food that he might have his senses exercised to discern both good and evil one day the lord spoke to me he said david fasting is not required for your salvation it is given unto you as a tool that you might receive all the benefits of god so fasting is not required for salvation. Giving is not required for salvation. Praying is not required for salvation. But once you get born again, you'll have the desire to pray. You'll have the desire to give. And you'll have the desire to put do pushaways and do some fasting. God will put that desire in you. Not as a religious requirement, but because He's in you, He'll move you to follow His decrees and to keep His commands. So we'll get back into more spiritual sight what well, i'll say with this, so one day he will well, i'll go on because we'll get back to that so spiritual hearing another way in which god gives revelation is through spiritual hearing like spiritual sight god will give us revelation when we hear a person speak or we hear someone speak his or her name by spiritual hearing hearing we don't mean that we hear when people sound excited or depressed because of the tone of their voice spiritual listening is a spiritual hearing that speaks far beyond this natural realm of discernment or psychology. It is a God-given, sudden awareness or a sudden knowing that may actually open the door for another revelation gift to begin operating like word of knowledge or word of wisdom, discerning the spirits or prophecy. This may come by any of the various ways in which God speaks by revelation. So you could be hearing somebody talk, but the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you while they're talking about their life. You'll begin to hear in the Spirit what is going on and then whatever's coming out of their mouth may have absolutely nothing to do with what you're hearing because what they're saying might be a symptom and god is showing you their root and they might be angry or bitter at somebody god may tell you they were molested or they were betrayed or they were abandoned and it happened by this individual ask them about bill or carol or susie and as you begin to say, do you know somebody by the name of Susie? That's, that's my sister. Oh, did she hurt you? I'm not hurt by it. Oh, how do you know about my sister Susie? Do you know Susie? No, I just happened to hear Susie's name when you were talking. You seemed to be a little bit animated and, and maybe a little bit angry or hurt. Did Susie hurt you? wow yeah i'm hurt by susie i i believe god wants to bring reconciliation there do you sense that maybe you've got a little bit of you know woundedness there and some unforgiveness towards susie well maybe i do well why don't we release susie and see what god does and all of a sudden you pray with them they forgive susie who hurt them you pray you break off trauma The next thing you know the lord's giving you word of knowledge word of wisdom the next thing you know he shows you there's a physical ailment maybe uh, in a digestive issue that they have or a heart issue or they're locked up in their neck and you say do you have uh maybe a digestive issue you've been struggling with? how did you know about that i just sense i heard digestive issue oh okay could we pray for you for that and then you pray that god will release them from that pain and suffering All of a sudden they get marvelously set free. How did it begin? By you having an open ear to listen to them as you have your lobster bib on and they are projectile vomiting their story onto your lobster bib. And then God gives you a word about Susie or Billy or whoever, and then you follow that prophetic railroad track. And then the person now forgives their their sister or their brother or the pastor or somebody who abused them or somebody who cheated them out of money. And now there's a path to healing. And now the next thing you know, you see them like two weeks later or at a church service, they're like, oh, I wanna introduce you to my sister Susie. And they're best friends again. She's healed, she doesn't have digestive issues. And I want you to pray for Susie. And then the whole process starts again because God's are reconciled. So this is spiritual hearing. You can also hear in the spirit in different ways. You can hear while somebody's talking and you can hear pain in their voice and this and that, but it goes way beyond that, way beyond psychology. It is supernatural in nature and you end up with word of knowledge or word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is supernatural information known, either a name, a date, a birth date, uh, a situation, a type of thing that entered somebody's life. It could be a physical sickness. It could be uh, it could be very positive. It could be about them receiving a job. And often when I'm talking with somebody on the phone, they'll be sharing with me, and I'll hear from the Lord a word. And uh, I was with, uh, I forget where we were. I think we were in California. I can't remember. We've been traveling a lot lately. We were somewhere in the in the continental 48, and uh, we were with somebody. And I think no, we were in Texas. I think. And while we were in Texas, there was a couple who had uh, a daughter who was wayward. And they asked if I would pray for their daughter. And as I was praying for the daughter, for her to come back to the Lord, the Lord showed me that she would come back to the Lord in a worship service. And then I heard the word, Yorba Linda, And I sensed it was Yorba Linda, California. And I stopped when I was praying and I said, I saw your daughter coming back to the Lord during a worship service. And then I heard the word Yorba Linda. Does that mean anything to you? And they looked at each other and they looked at me and they said, our son is a worship leader at a church in Yorba Linda, California. And our daughter won't talk to us, but talks to him. And I said, I believe God's answering your prayers and strengthening your faith. So here we were in Houston and here was a small city in California, you know, 1500 miles away. Now, how would I know that? I didn't know her son was a worship leader at a church, but that strengthened them to contend and to stand firm and to be at peace that God was at work and giving them inside information. Then when that thing comes to pass, I don't know if it has yet or not, but when it comes to pass, we'll end up probably hearing about it or we'll hear about it on the other side of eternity and everybody will say, God had spoke to us that you would come back to the Lord in a worship service in Yorba Linda, California. Now, maybe she goes to a church across the street where he doesn't even, is not even a worship leader. I don't know. But the point is god knows the future and guess who he reveals the future to his friends he reveals his secrets unto his servants the prophets so god reveals amos 3 7 his secret unto his servants plural the prophets you don't have a patent on revelation you don't have a corner on revelation god will give it to whosoever will you want to know the the, the holy spirit gives the gifts of the holy spirit in 1 corinthians 12. To whosoever he wills, and people tell me, well, you know, it's, it's it's totally up to God who he gives the gifts to, and if he wants to give me a gift, I'm okay with it. Now, if you pursue him, he'll give you more spiritual gifts. One day, I was uh, I was in prison doing my small twenty year sentence, and the feds, and I was at the medical center for federal prisoners in uh, Springfield, Missouri. And we were about 850 prisoners. There it was 450 work cadre. I was in the work cadre group, and there's about 400 prisoners that were on medical, from everything to A to Z, from you know small surgeries to kidney failure to cancer to AIDS to um, you know amputations, you name it. And about a hundred prisoners a year died at that facility. And while we were there, God began to load me up with spiritual gifts in the area of word of knowledge and word of wisdom. I went on. Uh, you know, several fasts while I was there. And I, when I'd come off a 21-day fast while I was there, about 15 prisoners went on a seven-day fast during that time. There was about 50 prisoners went on a one- to a three-day fast. Seven went on 15 days, 15 of them went on seven days. And then uh, I went 21 days. And a prophet friend of mine, who I just mentioned, uh, he had been on 30, 40-day fast that had the seer anointing. And so he was on a 40-day at that time. And so we were doing a lot of pushaways at that time you go to the table nice to meet everybody let me just push away and go back and read my bible and and press into the lord and when i came off that 21 day fast there was a power that came on me and i began to pull people up out of wheelchairs under the anointing of the holy spirit and i prayed for a man and he was there for heart transplant if he could get a donor and he was at death's door. I prayed for him, the power of God came on him. A brand new heart came into his body. We were in a a service and he literally went out and he put on his jogging clothes and he ran two miles. And the doctor who was assigned to him saw him running on the track and called him in. He says, what are you doing? Are you trying to kill yourself? He says, no, God gave me a new heart. And he took him in and examined him and he had a brand new heart these were the kinds of things we went up on a medical ward uh, called three two it was building three second floor and i was there with an investment banker friend of mine and he said hey let's let's go up to the death ward is what it was called so building three had two floors the first floor and the second floor and you weren't allowed up on the second floor because guys couldn't defend themselves they're in beds and there were grave robbers that would go up and steal people's watches and stamps and you know a little christian love there uh, the death ward from the people so they monitored that to try to protect the inmates from other inmates getting robbed and and so we went up there on the death ward and uh as i got up there there was a staff member he said what are you doing here i said well we just came up to pray for the sick he goes we're going to go to the hole going to the solitary housing unit we're going to lock you up and i said i don't have a problem with that i said But could we just pray for the sick first and he looks back at the nurse he says can you believe this guy he's a horse of another color he says he he he's willing to go to the hole but he wants to pray for the sick i said yes sir with all due respect i don't have a problem going to the hole, but i the lord sent us up here today and the nurses are looking at us and he's looking at them and see we weren't authorized you had to be badged to get up there and they wouldn't give me a badge um, because i like to cast out devils and heal the sick and it's kind of a conflict but um, so anyway, he says, what do you think I ought to do? Throw him in the hole or let him pray for the sick and then throw him in the hole? He says, well, why don't you let him pray for the sick, but put him in that that first room, make him start there. And so he kind of looked and he kind of smiled, like, let's see him. He goes, okay, he goes, you can pray for the sick. He says, but you gotta start in that first room. And so I'm thinking, okay, great. So I walk in and there's three guys in comas and one of them had been beaten over the head with a metal bar on the weight pile. And so he'd had his brain scrambled and he'd owed a drug debt at Lompoc, California. And uh, I found this out later on. And he was in this bed and it had this netting around it all the way around. And I found out that the netting was to keep him from rolling out of bed in the coma, ending up on the floor. And what I also didn't know is they had tied with wire ties his wrist down. So that he couldn't move and roll because he was greatly tormented in this coma from getting bludgeoned you know pretty much to death uh with a metal bar on the weight pop and uh just so you know like if you want to kill somebody and you intend to do it you hit him with the, the metal bar first then you stab them because if you try to stab them first they run around but if you knock him out then they're easier to stab. anyway that's kind of like high level prison that's probably too dark but that's it's, anyway so not not recommending you do that but so they, they got him, but they couldn't get him to the stabbing. And anyway, so God's grace was upon him. Somebody must have been praying for him. And so as I walk into the room, true story, literally I walk in and I'm like, oh God, I've been set up. You know, where's your presence? I need your presence. And the guard is like standing behind me like, oh, good. do your stuff. He's like at the door. So I walk in, I raise up my hands and I'm like, Holy Spirit, come. Nothing happened I mean, nothing happened. It was as cold as ice in that room, spiritually. Surely the presence of the Lord was not in this place. I couldn't feel the mighty power or his grace. There was no rush of angels' wings. There was no glory on these men in the coma's face. Surely the presence of the Lord was not in this place. But I knew I carried relationship with the Lord. And when you have relationship with the Lord, If you'll wait on him, he will not embarrass you. He'll show up, but he'll allow you to shrink back under perdition or press on and believe unto the saving of your soul and the saving of those around you. And I said, Lord, I said, we need you. We can do nothing without you. It's your healing power that comes. I can't heal a flea of a headache, but with you, we can raise the dead. And as I held my hands up, for about two minutes which was a long time in that atmosphere and just as i was to the end of myself getting ready to tuck tail and run and walk out defeated all of a sudden the atmosphere began to change and the presence of god rolled in and that place became pregnant with the tangible presence of the lord and this man in the coma that's when I realized he had wire ties or, you know, the, not the wire ties, but the plastic ties it's tied down. And all of a sudden he arched back and he looked at me and his eyes came open mm-hmm. and he stared at me and there was demonic pain in his eyes. And as I looked at this pain and torment and a demon staring out of his eyes as he's arched back and he's looking at me. I said, In the name of Jesus, Satan, I rebuke you and you come out of him right now. And all of a sudden, this darkness left him and this freedom came into his eyes. And he looked at me and all of a sudden, he went back down into the bed. Went, prayed for the others, and and, uh, the presence was in there. They didn't come out of comas, but I just prayed. And I felt like that was it for what we were to do. We went down the hall. And we went into that room without the tangible presence but he'll never leave us or forsake us but we left the room with the tangible presence and as we went down the hall we began to walk into people's rooms with aids and the lord began to give me words of knowledge with spiritual hearing and spiritual sight and began to pray for aids victims and they began to come off their deathbeds and then we went and prayed for a a, a black gangbanger and he was in the bed, and he was, uh, had four bullets in his back. So he had no feeling from his legs down. And I said to him, I said, well, you know, what happened? He says, well, he said, I was borrowing a friend's car while I was out on bond. And he said, uh, I was mistaken for my friend from the gang. And so somebody tried to kill him. So they shot through the back of the car. My son was in the car. And uh, the bullets missed him, thank God. He says, but I got four bullets in my back. And he says, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. Then I went you know, to, to sentencing. They gave me 15 years, eight months. And he says, I've been in a hospital bed and they've got a wheelchair and they're teaching me how to, you know, use this wheelchair. And he said, uh, situation. I said, well, do you believe in God? He said, well, I, I don't know. My, my grandmother, you know, says she prays for me all the time. And I said, well, I said, I'd like to pray for you that God will give you your feeling back in your legs and you'll be able to walk again and you'll be able to raise your son and God will then reduce your prison sentence supernaturally and you'll get out of prison and he said okay so I prayed for him and I commanded the bullets to shift and to move or be dissolved I forget what I prayed and I don't think we were praying for metal to disappear and move at that time well I don't think we got that revelation I think about five or six years later because you can pray and command metal to bend and it will bend into place surgical now you command it to dissolve and disappear go to the four flung corners of the earth that's another teaching but you know the miraculous is available and if you'll press in god will do exceedingly abundantly above that which we can think or ask according to his power that works in us ephesians three twenty. 20. he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we can ask or think so if what i just said to you was above that which you can think or believe God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we can ask or think according to his power that works in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I prayed for him and I said to him, I said, uh, what's going on? I said, do you feel something? He says, hold on. He says, are my toes moving down there? And I said, yeah. I said, could you not move your toes before? He says, No. I've tried to move them I can never move them they don't move he says but look they're moving he got real excited and animated I said let's pray for the rest so I commanded all the damage and the trauma that was in his back and body from the bullet wounds and, and being you know attempted murder on his life to be broken off and and so uh, he started moving his not just the toes but the feet now began to move in the ankles and I could he could feel the legs and he started I can feel I can feel And so uh, within two weeks, he was up walking around. God had healed him, and God had done a miracle in his life in that because he had been in this terrible health situation, they reduced his sentence from 15 years, eight months, down to, like, I think two and a half years or three years or something like that and sent him to a camp. And when they got to the camp, he didn't need the wheelchair anymore. They're like, why'd you get this reduction? He says, listen, God healed me. And you know, and so they never reversed that back out because it was, you know, scientifically shown that he had these both. Anyway, so he got healed. We went down the hall, and there was uh, at this point there was like people coming out of their rooms, and we had a healing line that had grown, and we're praying for people in bathrobes, and the power of God's coming on them. And then I walked into this room with a mafia don, who is a very you know famous mafia don. He's since gone on to be. Uh, in eternity, but you would have seen him on 60 Minutes in a bathrobe acting like he was crazy, and he was crazy like a fox. But Vinny the Chin, I mean, uh, this Sammy the Rat Gravano had uh, snitched on this guy, and he ended up having to plead guilty to 13 bodies. In other words, he, Vinny had, I mean, anyway, anyway, long story short, these were not the greatest, you know, kindest people in the world. I don't know why we're on this kind of extreme stuff, but if you're ever in prison ministry, it's real. I was just on the phone with a friend of mine who's the greatest guy in the world, been in prison ministry 39 years, and we're trying to get some books into a prison through this other, you know, ministry. So I connected everybody, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been down there. I remember there?" I said, "Was that the time that you burned the guy in the house, arsoned him?" He goes, "No, no, no." He goes, "I did that a few times." He says, "But not that guy." But you know, you would never know. But you know, people get redeemed, redeeming. The unredeemable, right? And so when Jesus gets in the mix, he'll change a pig into a sheep. He'll change a sinner into a saint. He'll change a drug addict into somebody who helps get drug addicts delivered. He'll change a pimp into a pastor who will protect the flock instead of pimping the flock. That's redemption. I don't know why we're on kind of these crazy, extreme stories tonight, but that was just, you know, that was Springfield Medical Center for Federal Prison. So I walk in, and this guy's there. And he says, What do you want? I said, Well, I came in to pray for uh, people who wanted prayer for the sick, you know. So we're on the death ward. I said, Would you like some prayer? He goes, Get out of here, kid. I go, I'd be happy to get out. I said, But you didn't answer my question. And he says, Let me get this straight. You know who I am? I said, you look like you're wearing khaki pants and a khaki shirt like me and you look like you're in federal prison and can spend about three hundred dollars a month at the commissary if you got it and you look like uh look like me as far as i'm concerned and uh it looks like you need some prayer because you're on the death ward and he looked at me and the other guy in the other bed was an italian guy he says get out of here and they said some pretty choice words and i turned around and i said neither of you answered my question." I said, Do you want prayer? And he looked at me. He says, You want to pray for me? And I said, Yeah. I said, You believe in God? And I looked him right in the eyes. I was over his bed. He reached up and he grabbed my arm. This guy's on the death ward and he's got a death lock on my arm. And he looks right in my eyes. He says, Kid, he's all we've got left. And I said, Well, can I pray for you? He says, go ahead so I prayed for him and the power of God came on him came off that deathbed, he lived 13 more years one extra year for every body that he had in his jacket every murder that he'd ordered in New York one of the crime families and and uh that's the grace of God for redemption and you can't make this stuff up and so as we left and we'd been up there about an hour and a half praying for the sick and miracles happened people were off the death ward within the next 48 hours that had had aids they're walking around they got strength they're playing basketball it was just an amazing amazing day as we're leaving i stopped by the uh the nurses station where the the guard was at and i said well sir i said we're done praying for the sick we're ready to go to the hole and he looked at me and he looked at the nurses and he said you think i ought to throw them in the hole and they said, ah, these guys are the authentic article. They said, we don't think you ought to throw them in the hole. What do you think I ought to do with them? Whatever you say I ought to do with them, I'll do with them. They said, okay. Whatever we say? He said, yeah. He says, you take them down in the elevator and you have them pray for you on the way down because you need it. <laughs> so we get in the elevator and we're going down and he's like, I'm like, you ready for prayer? He's like okay (laughs) prayed for him and we left he goes look you guys can't come back up here without authorization he says you guys got away with this he says this was oh so one more thing so before we leave we stopped back by the coma room this time i raised my hands and the instant i raised my hands the presence of god rolled in tangibly like a cloud and the guy leaned up and now he didn't have the torment in his eyes instead he's leaning up and he's looking at me expecting to receive something he wanted a message but he couldn't talk and i said would you like to receive jesus and be saved and he looked and he nodded so i invited him said do you believe jesus died on the cross for you was buried in the tomb and on the third day was raised from the dead if so you shall be saved and so i led him in what we would refer to as a a believer's prayer or a sinner's prayer or a prayer of salvation, whatever you want to call it, and that would invite Jesus in for his name to be in the Lamb's book of life and him to pass from death to life. And as I prayed that prayer, he was nodding. He was nodding. like down, and he's nodding. And he's yes. And all of a sudden, he stopped looking at me. And all of a sudden, he looked, and he saw something in the realm of the spirit that I didn't see. He had spiritual sight. And all of a sudden, There was joy that came on his face and then he laid back down and he got you know like passed out and so as we ended up leaving we found out that that man had stepped into eternity nine minutes later he got in with his shirt tail of smoking and so even though the devil tried to kill him in lompoc california at a penitentiary where he had owed a drug debt He was beat down, brain scrambled. Somebody was praying for him. And they'll see him in eternity because of their prayers and because an investment banker told me, let's go up to the death ward and risk going to the hole and release the healing power of God. And see, the man that was an investment banker, I'd prayed for him and they had so many medications in him that when I prayed for him, it began to rain spiritual rain in the stairwell. And so we were in the stairwell, and the door was locked up top. So you could just kind of go in there and just kind of read your Bible or you know have a conversation with somebody, you know, more privately in that stairwell. It was in Building Nine in Springfield, Missouri. And I went and prayed for him. And it began to literally, you could see spiritual rain come down, it began to wash through his body, and he literally ran out. He began to sweat profusely. And you could see the sweat dripping, and it wasn't warm in there, it was an air-conditioned unit. And He ran out and he went into the the bathroom and i thought did i offend him did i say something Did i pray too loud did i pray too quiet why did he run out well as it turned out god began to wash all the pharmaceuticals out of his body while he was on the toilet he was in there about 30 minutes and literally the aroma of that and was unpleasant began to come and it began to fill the bottom you know cavity of the the whole you know living quarters area and then began to creep up the other stairwell and then the, and so the guards came and literally had to unlock windows to get ventilation it was so bad and the next day he was on the basketball court with us and he was running again he went from death to life and he would had like two heart attacks turns out they'd given him alpha blockers and beta blockers at the same time and induced the heart attack that's another conversation. <laughs> there's an old joke you know guys at a medical facility in prison and they cut off his leg and They realize they've cut off the wrong one, so they they go cut off the other one, and then he files it to court, and the judge throws it out of court because he's saying he didn't have a leg to stand on. Okay, so that was obviously a joke, a banker joke, where only the teller laughs, but we saw a lot of pretty crazy stuff in in federal prison, and that was where God was kind of anointing my ink pen. I, I wrote 11 winning cases in a year, actually about eight months, and the Lord told me now it's time to change seasons and preach the gospel because I've used you in this category that's given you notoriety. Now I want you to use the notoriety to bring people to me. Sometimes God will use you in your job or with a singing gift or a business gift or a dance gift. And know this, that he gave you those gifts for his glory to point people to him. The reason you have Chipotle sign three miles ahead is not to sit and try to dine at the sign, but the sign points to something. It points to where you can get the sustenance in this. Su- so don't take the gifts God has given you like Lucifer did to get people to look at himself, but rather use the gifts to point people unto him. Somebody said to me, I'm a worship leader. I said, would, would I make a suggestion and would it be maybe received? What's that? Why don't you be the lead worshiper and lead people into the presence of God and let them be worshipers. You get to lead worship, not just the worship leader, Like a cheerleader but the lead worshiper that leads people into his presence that they all see the unseen one with spiritual sight two types of people that do music in the church those that are entertainers and those that are worshipers entertainers cause your eyes to be on the entertainment and keep you from god even though they might sing about him He has made me glad. He has made me glad. (laughs) Versus those that lead you into his presence and the worshiper disappears, the lead worshiper, and all of a sudden you see the unseen one and you forget about the one on the platform. If that person on the platform remains present the whole time during the service, either you've got an issue or they've got an issue. Amen or Ouch. Because they should disappear and have led you into his presence. And you see the unseen one. Or you might need to get delivered looking at the entertainer or the worship leader. Anyway, that's another thing. I'm going to stay off of that. Okay, so that's what happened at Springfield and Great Revival broke out. But after that 21-day fast is when that power came on. There was a man uh, that was... uh, He was a pastor and he had had, uh, you know, doctrinal debates with a guy from another denomination. And it got so crazy that this guy had, you know, actually committed a crime and ended up in federal prison as a pastor. And I mean, this guy used to lead like hundreds to Christ in a service. And he said, you know what, though? I was using my gift. To lead them to Jesus, but as quick as they were coming to the altar for Jesus, they were going out the door the other direction. He says, I didn't know how to disciple and raise people up. He says, I knew how to manufacture altar calls. He says, but I don't know how many people really met Jesus at the altar. So your pulpiteering may empower you to lead people to the altar. Are they leading people to the altar? Are you leading them to Jesus at the altar? Because only an encounter with him will make the difference to see the unseen one so anyway um he had had a back problem for i think 20 years and he didn't believe in the gifts of the spirit he came from a denomination that just didn't believe in tongues or interpretation of tongues or seeing in the spirit and so i asked if i could pray for him and the lord miraculously healed him instantly with a recreated miracle in his back and that changed things for him Because a man with an experience is never at the hands of a man with just a doctrine. So he began taking me around to people, and he says, I want you to pray for them that they receive that gift of tongues. And so he was now introducing me to people that were kind of disciples of his. And even though he never spoke in tongues, he was fascinated by it. And people started getting baptized in the Holy Spirit because he had been healed. And then this uh, Jezebel chaplain uh, finally got us all kicked out and removed and we were shipped to different locations and then revivals broke out at the next facility in fact the, the location we went to next was in waseca minnesota and the chaplain of that facility actually endorsed my book jet ride to hell journey to freedom along with another chaplain who i'd done uh served under at another facility but when i got there he'd gotten the, the email from the jezebel chaplain this guy took me out behind a building, found me with my name and inmate number on a little, little, little post-it note. So I need to talk to you private. Threatened me. I think in Christian love, and so uh, threatened to have me shipped, and if I was going to be a troublemaker, and you know, and this and that. And I said to him, I said, none of those things that have been told to you about me are true. And I said, you know what was told to me about you? You were on vacation for two weeks when I arrived. They told me many things about you that you're a hack in black, that you're a false teacher that you're in it and you serve B.O.P. Bureau of Prisons, not G.O.D. God. I said, I don't want to hear any of those things. And I said, because when he arrives back from vacation, if he's a man of God, we'll know it. And if he's not a man of God, we'll know it. But I don't want you to put into my ears what I think he is, because he could be changed on vacation, even if those things are true, because any man at any time can repent. And he looked at me, he goes, well, well yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's true, that's true. He goes, okay, well, he says, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're a man of God until proven otherwise. And I said, okay, you're a man of God until proven otherwise. I'm a man of God until proven otherwise. The good news is this, a tree's known by its fruit. We know that neither one of us can fake it very long. And what happened was he went the holy spirit got a hold of him i went back and i was like i want to file on that jezebel chaplain lord i want to give her what's for and make her accountable she's tried to get me killed at this other facility but she did in christian love i guess and uh by the way welcome to the ministry i like to say when i was born again i had seven foot golden angel wings till the backbiters bit them off but uh a- anyway so so the lord says you know i got up and i was going to go and three times i got down and I got up and I said, okay, Lord, I will never file on her for what she's done. That she's chased me at another facility. I didn't know she would chase me two more facilities after that. She was always trying to get me knocked off because we were doing Bibles to prisoners. with Heart of America Prison Ministries, heartprisonministries.org. And uh, we just mailed out another 260 Bibles to prisoners. Praise the Lord. Thank God for our partners. It's exciting. 60. Amen. Changing lives one Bible at a time. I received a Bible. God changed my life through a a bonded, leather-bound Bible. And so we paid it forward 10,000 Bibles later. We're still helping change lives one Bible at a time because I know the power of a Bible with the Holy Spirit in a prison cell can break out and cause revival to move at any facility. And so as I got up off the floor, I said, Okay, Lord, I yield to you. I crucify my desires or my desire to defend myself. And he had spoke to me on the floor. He says, let me fight your battles. And he said these words to me. He said, when a man's ways please the Lord, I'll even cause his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways or a woman's ways please the Lord, Proverbs 16, seven, I'll even cause his enemies to be at peace with him. Shalom peace. And I'm thinking, man, I'm at a new facility. I just went through this gauntlet of revival break out things you know this chaplain gets me shipped tries to get me killed she really did she tried to turn inmates against me cancel every bible study that i was doing and then she turned like uh, uh staff against me tried to get me locked up in an insane asylum tried to turn the insane inmates in 10 building the psychiatric ward tried to get them to do physical violence to me so this was just you know the normal christian life as far as i'm concerned but if you read the book of acts it's normal We need to get back to normal. And if you don't have the Book of Acts miracles in your life, know this, you can have them. They're free for the asking, but it may be the price of fasting that you have to pay before the miraculous is unlocked because God wants us to get out of the way so he can get in the mix and do what he does through our lives where he gets the glory and we lead men and women to him. Anyway, so, that's what happened at that facility. And as I got up, I went and my money had arrived. So I went to go shop that night at the commissary. And here comes that chaplain. And I'm thinking, oh boy, what's he going to say this time? Because he just threatened to have me shipped to another facility 2,000 miles from my family. So I couldn't get visits. And troublemaker, now troubler of Israel. No, king, you're the troubler of Israel. You know. And so what happened was he came up. And I'm thinking, what's he going to say? He says, hey, uh, could I talk with you? And he was actually pretty respectful and polite, and I'm thinking, you know, what shoe's going to drop now? He says, the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, I didn't ask God about you. I'd received an email from another officer and I believed the word of a staff member over the word of the Holy Spirit, because I never asked him. And he says, I jumped to conclusions and he says, I'm wrong. He's I convicted. He says i i'm a four square gospel chapel and the only one in the federal bureau prisons i believe in the gifts of the spirit he says i've been praying for revival at this place and he says the holy spirit convicted me that i could miss a move of god because of what i did and he said let's get revival going here he said what can you do i said well i've got a lot of different gifts he says can you lead worship i said that is not one of them (laughs) i said but i know a guy and so i know (laughs) so the next thing you know so about seven, almost 70 people 68 people came to christ one-on-one on that compound in the next two months and i was just leading person after person to christ a big revival broke out physical healings happen muslim guys we had back problems pray for them god would be created miracles they'd switch from islam to jesus and they'd come to church services and then I was hired as the chaplain's clerk and then built up this whole video program wrote letters as the holy spirit would direct and they would donate different types of uh video materials like vhs tapes and cassette tapes and then the chaplain bought 11 video players and it became the most in place they became department of the year and the next thing you know i'm getting paid you know made her 27530-004 report to the chaplain's office or report to this office or report to that office and i'm like gosh and i'm getting called around i'm like what did i do and i'd show up and there'd be a staff member come on in close the door so and so's got demons and they got a porn problem when you pray for them to get delivered so the next thing you know i mean i'm praying for staff members to get delivered and healed and set free and you know it's all behind closed doors and and it was funny there was this uh, there was this one gal she would come in and she would she would count I and mean, she was an attractive gal right and uh, she was a guard and she would come in and she would come and she would sit on my bed during 4 p.m count she'd sit down she says so harabinian what have you been up to she'd like write the number like on her thing i'm thinking and the other three inmates in my prison cell would be like what is going on and so uh I was also kind of stalked while all this stuff is going on, and so I walk up uh, one day to get like a recreation pass. Prison stories, but it's about hearing God, the five prophetic senses, recognizing His voice to navigate through the spiritual minefield. And so I walk up and I said, uh, called her my name. I said, Officer So and So. I said, like a recreation pass. And there's two guys, and she's kind of like entertaining them, and and. Uh, she says, uh, I see, like a recreation pass, she stopped. and She says, Herabedian, you can get anything you want. And I looked at her, and I go, oh, thank you very much. I'd like rep- recreation pass number three, if that'd be okay. And the other guy's are like, oh my gosh, you asked for the wrong thing. I'm like, no, I asked for the right thing. Huh. And she says, oh, Herabedian's a Christian. He doesn't think that way, not anymore. And I said, yeah. I said, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. God loves the drug addict, but he hates the drug addiction. God loves the fornicator, but he hates fornication. I said, God loves the lesbian, but he hates the lesbianism. I said, God's a God of redemption. So I'm I'm coming back from recreation. About two hours later, I walk in to hand in my pass and she puts it in and she says, yeah, that's Herobidian. He taught me that God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. He loves the drug addict, but he hates the drug addiction. He loves the lesbian, but he hates the lesbianism. And she was repeating my sermon. And eventually, I think she ended up coming to Christ. I think her brother was a uh, uh, a prison guard and she had borrowed his truck and she got pulled over with a pound of meth. And it turns out he was actually trafficking federal prison stories there. Gosh, we're all over the map on this stuff, aren't we? This stuff's not even in my book, a lot of it. So back to spiritual senses. Has this kept you interested for the night? So anyway, the five spiritual senses. So that's spiritual hearing. Then there's spiritual smell. Another unusual way in which God speaks is through the spiritual sense of smell. You can walk into a room And all of a sudden you can smell cancer or you can smell some sort of sickness. And when you're around somebody and you'll track it down because God opened your spiritual senses, not because you're to stay away from the person who's sick, but because he's targeting that person for healing. What God reveals, he wants to heal. And so you'll call out a word of knowledge about cancer because you smell it. And as you call it out, God will then release the healing power, and they'll be healed. And just as with sight and hearing, God will often cause us to spiritually smell things that are messages or revelations. We were with a prophet friend of mine from Zambia, and as we got around him, I smelled the Rose of Sharon. And I was like, my gosh, I wonder what kind of cologne he has on That's a heavenly smell. And as we went to go eat dinner, after we were on this broadcast, Uh, this TV network, we went across the street to this little Mexican restaurant. Man, it was a hole in the wall. Their food was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it was like a four-star, one-star diner. Like the ambiance was one star, but the food was four-star. They were even rated four stars, you know. And so we're there. And as I'm getting out of the car, all of a sudden I smell the lily of the valley. I said, I wonder if my wife put on some perfume. And I'm thinking, You know, how do we have two smells in the car? It was heavenly. And so we get out of the car and I continue to smell the lily of the valley. And I'm standing next to a dumpster in the parking lot where they're dumping the Mexican food. And I'm thinking it can't be coming from the dumpster. Anyway, as he walks away to go into the restaurant, all of a sudden I smell the smell coming from the dumpster. And I realize it's coming from him. And I'm thinking he must've switched cologne somehow. And we walk into the restaurant and I smell a third fragrance and it's heavenly again. And I said to him, I said, prophet, I said, this is what I smelled in the car before you got out, I smelled this by the trash can. Now I'm smelling a third. He says, oh yes, he says, those are the scents of heaven. He says, people tell me they smell those upon me. He says, specifically after I've been in a time of prayer and fasting or after i've been preaching and so creative miracles happened through his ministry like water and uh, on two occasions glass eyes had turned to flesh and his services and people could see out of the eyes crazy stories sometimes the fire department would show up because there was a spiritual fire that they could see and it was they had the spirit they'd show up and there's no fire there that was physical, it was spiritual, and then the, the fireman would end up hearing the gospel and getting saved. Anyway, a dear friend of ours, he had actually endorsed uh, my book as well when I was writing. He says I don't endorse a lot of books. He says, but the Lord told me to endorse yours. He says, it is a powerful book. And he says, it's a must read, it was funny. And so recently he asked me to endorse his book. So I did, and it's a good book. But uh, that was spiritual smell. My friend Tony, who had the cane-breaking anointing, led 1.8 million to Christ signs and wonders you know were a couple raised from the dead and uh he said he had preached a service and during the service the rose of sharon smell filled the whole place were 1600 people there and he said it was such a poignant amazing smell and all kinds of healings and miracles happened and he said afterward uh, a couple of days later the manager of the arena that he'd rented contacted him and he says what did you put in the vents that smells like roses and he says i didn't put anything he says we've sent men up there that can't find it anywhere but the whole place smells like roses and he says it's not an unpleasant aroma but we need to rent it to the next people And it's difficult to rent the place when it smells like roses. And he says, well, that's supernatural. He says, I can ask God to to remove it. And he says, well, no, no, if that's it, we don't want that. He says, but it's put us in a, a conundrum. And so that's the Rose of Sharon that followed his ministry from time to time. He also had unusual manifestations of oil and other things. But so that's spiritual smell. So this may come by smelling of the foulness of a demon spirit on a person, or in a room as you enter. This is not the smell that can be discerned by human smelling. Normally, but it is at times, uh, anyway, but at times the odor of demons may manifest in a manner that everyone present is able to smell. This is often an odor of sulfur or the like and is very foul. Again, this may be the wake-up call to begin to seek God for further revelation by the four prophetic gifts to find out what to do. It may be a warning to protect yourself, your family, or congregation from a demonic attack or to take authority over the spirit and cast out in Jesus' name. Spiritual smell may also allow us to smell the refreshing presence of God. This may come in the form of incense, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, etc. Remember to test the spirits, First John 4, 1 through 6, when these things come, and ask God for further revelation, interpretation, and application as you proceed. Come, taste, and see that the Lord is good, the rose of Sharon. I'm just going to throw this story in because we're on prison stories. I'm getting the, the notification I'm going too long from my wife appreciate her and uh, I I've got to share this one so there was this guy who came to Christ he was a homosexual and he was in uh, you know a brazen homosexual lifestyle so you know I'm probably gonna step on some toes here amen or out hallelujah heretic I got a preacher so so he gets marvelously born again filled with the Holy Spirit he was this good-looking Cuban guy right and uh, and I mean he was stocky and great shape and everything like that little Adonis you know and uh so he disappears off the prison compound for like 30 days and they send him over to an adjacent facility where they were keeping a lot of the cuban or Mariletto boat boatlift guys at the time this was back in the early early 90s like 92 and i'd ask the lord i'm like lord i i heard these homosexual demons smell really foul and i said i'd like you to open up the realm of the spirit for me to to smell what those are because demons have a nasty smell angels the rose of sharon has a good smell so if you walk around people but you don't have an opening in the realm of the spirit you can't smell the spiritual atmosphere over them and sometimes i'll get around people i'll smell the spiritual atmosphere on them i'm like i know that they know the lord in a certain way because they've risen up into realms in the holy of holies with god that you can only encounter by relationship and so this guy comes back after 30 days, but I'd had a dream that he had been involved in. He backslid into some homosexuality and people backslide and God forgives and redeems and this and that, you know, stumble and fall. And so here we were, he shows up in this, this, this cell with us. And there's like seven of us praying. So he comes in and he's like two people down holding hands. We're praying. And all of a sudden God opens up the realm of the spirit. And this homosexual foul demon is back in his life. And it was the most horrible stench I'd ever smelled in my life. It made me want to vomit. And I said, Lord, what is that? He says, that's the smell of a homosexual spirit. It's back on so-and-so. Remember, I showed you the dream when he had backslidden back in this behavior. It's entered his life, and it's come with seven more wicked than itself. And he said, pray that I'll grant him the gift of repentance that he can be delivered again. And I'm like, okay, okay. Close up the realm of the spirit, it's too much. Shh, And I couldn't smell it anymore. So that's how I knew by discerning of spirits, by spiritual smell, to go approach him to restore him in a spirit of meekness, you know, lest you two are tempted, you know, with judgment or this or that. And so um, spiritual touch, God also speaks oftentimes through impressions that come by way of touching. Sometimes this comes through the lane on hands. When I lay hands on people, often I'll feel their pain all see in the spirit where the problem is and uh you can feel it by 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 touch laying on hands james 5 14 and 15 Any sick among you let him lay hands on them praying the prayer of faith raise a sick man up real revelation gifts begin to operate and then uh, we may experience things for example by touching a letter like when you touch a letter you can know the pain in the person's heart you know what's in the letter i remember one time i touched a letter that a christian had sent me in response to like an angelic visitation that i'd had and she was actually jealous that i'd had an angelic visitation here i am a prisoner not celebrating the fact of her prayers being answered for god to redeem me and give me that encounter she thought that she deserved that because you don't get them by deserving them you get them by need or calling or purpose and so when i got the letter the holy spirit said to me guard your heart And I'm like, why? This is a friend of mine. She's mentoring me. She's 75 years old. She's been praying for me. And he said, guard your heart. So I said, I put a guard over my heart right now in the name of Jesus. As I opened up the letter, she began to tell me that I have to be careful, test the spirits, that demons manifest and this and that. And she believes my angelic visitation was actually demonic and not to be deceived. And as I read it, it was just like ricocheting off my heart because I had guarded my heart. But where was Jesus wounded? In the house of his friends. Now, I could have been pulled away from God, carrying me down this path of the supernatural that would then spill out over the face of the earth through media and book writing and prison ministry and become a religious Christian by obeying her words, not being able to discern good from evil and being deceived that The gift God had given me in the visitation was actually the enemy. And I could have easily become wounded, wrong-focused, or shrank back from the supernatural. So instead, just the opposite. And I said to my friend Tony, I said, does this letter look like it's from the Lord? And he started to read it. He goes, oh, the minute I touch it, I could feel it. It's a religious spirit. He said, at our ministry, he says, the more anointed my newsletters were, the more staff members I lost. Uh I said, what do you mean? He says, we have to pray over our staff members because the more anointing it drives the demons to the surface to attack your employees through letters and they want to quit because it's like witchcraft through words and he says David he says you were wise when the Holy Spirit spoke to you guard your heart you didn't know why but the minute you touched it you felt something you said Lord what is this spiritual touch and at our prison ministry we have to pray over our staff because they'll get letters and sometimes they'd get wounded by demons operating through men or women that are yielded to the enemy recently we were on a program and had about a half a million views and they had clipped out this one minute reel out of this really anointed thing it was when the glory of god had filled the cell and jesus had appeared and drank from the cloud and anyway long story short i was like watching this one minute clip that they'd clipped out of this 30 minute thing and i was just like. Blown back in my chair at the presence and the power of God that was on this clip, and they kind of did some CGI computer generated stuff to like show what the cloud looked like. And you know, they got kind of close, but you can only, you know, do so much with what God really did. But you could depict it. And I was just like blown back like a Maxel commercial in my chair from the glory and the presence of God was on this one-minute clip, and the Holy Spirit said, Read the comments. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these comments have got to be great because if they felt what I felt. You know, it's got to be great. I read the comments. You're drinking toilet water. You're high. You're on cocaine. You're insane. You're, I mean, it's like 85% of the comments were just eviscerating me. And I'm reading the others. I'm like, I was touched by God, this and that. I'm like, Lord, what is this? He said, I'm getting eviscerated on these comments. He says, welcome to the ministry. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price to have the greater things of God? Or are you just happy with Status quo Christianity. Eleven disciples were happy with status quo Christianity. One of them got out and walked on the water with Jesus. Are you willing to get out of the boat of religious Christianity when Jesus bid you to come? By the way, that guy sank. His name's Peter, cut off a centurion's ear, denied Christ three times. He was impetuous, rebuked the Lord, get the man who Satan, who has not in mind the things of God, but of men. who's preaching the gospel on the day of pentecost the one who got out of the boat and walked for a while before he sank so if you're willing to get out god will use you if you're willing to sit in god will use you but i don't think he's really called us to shelter in place i think he's called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and these signs will follow those who believe final one spiritual taste how sweet are thy words unto my taste yea sweeter than honey to my mouth psalms 119 103 come taste of the lord's goodness psalm 34 8 sometimes we can actually spiritually taste the things of god this may sound like a strange phenomenon but it is not without scriptural basis remembering that god's thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the lord we may experience spiritual taste while praying for somebody somebody and suddenly have the spiritual taste of a sickness in our body you ever prayed for somebody and all of a sudden you feel like you're getting sick or you have a physical pain in your body that's god giving you word of knowledge about what to pray for because what god reveals he wants to heal when it's sickness is that helpful Yes. five spiritual senses are like your five physical senses spiritual sight spiritual taste spiritual touch spiritual hearing and sight hearing smell taste and touch and you can experience all of these things in the lord to make you more effective that your senses might be exercised built up to discern both good and evil who's it available for every believer why because my sheep jesus says hear my voice and they know me, and another they will not follow. Jesus said in John 5, 19, I never do anything of my own, only that which I see the Father do in heaven. What the Father does, the Son does in like manner. And we're called to be like Jesus. If he did it, we can do it. greater works will you do than these, Jesus says, because I go to the Father. The works that I do, you shall do also. If you believe it, say amen. amen. If you want the gifts, say I want them. I want them. Say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Fill, me. Fill, me. Fill me. Send, me. Send me. Equip me, equip me. Equip me to plunder hell and to populate heaven with a squirt gun filled with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Let me just pray. Father, I just speak an activation right now. I speak an activation of the spiritual senses. I command the senses that have been dulled to be cleaned up and to be made acute and clear and activated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you. When Isaiah said, when you said, who will I send? He said, here I am, Lord, send me. And you had an angel take a coal of fire with the tongs from the altar and put it in his mouth. You had tongues of fire appear in the book of Acts that they saw in the realm of the Spirit that separated and rested upon each of them. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Lord, here we are. Cleanse our mouths with the tongues and the coal of fire that comes from your altar and fill us with your word. You said, open your mouth and I will fill it. I just double-dog dare you, triple-dog dare you just to open your mouth right now and wait for God to fill it. Just, ah. God will just do something. I got dental miracles one night by going, ah. Open my mouth and fill it. And God, give me. Father, I thank you for filling them with your goodness, filling them with your spiritual taste, your spiritual touch, your spiritual seed, your spiritual healing, your spiritual, everything you have for them with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as we are fully equipped unto every good work to go and share your love with others. In Jesus name, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I invite you. Jesus was hung up for your hang ups in mine. It's hung on the cross. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you in your current condition. The root of all addictions is a need for love. He loves you just the way you are. And if you're tired of your sin, tired of your addiction, tired of your issue, he delivers the desperate. He always delivers us from our enemies. But if that thing's still your buddy, he'll wait. But if you declare that thing, your enemy tonight, he'll deliver you every plant that's not been planted by my heavenly father is rooted up Matthew 15, 13. I declare if you want to be delivered, I release the delivering power of the Holy spirit right now into your life to root up, pull down, overthrow, and destroy that he might build and plant afresh. I thank you, Father, for the angel of healing that's ministering. There's an eye condition that the Lord is healing right now. There's an ear condition that the Lord is hearing, a hearing issue right there. He's popping it open right now. See, I've seen in the realm of the Spirit. I see those things, and so I call them out. I, I speak those things as received Touching the king. So right now in the name of Jesus, There's a goiter disappearing under the sound of my voice. The Lord is doing it for you right now. And I also come against that choking that's been demonic when it comes on you. Loose her, I said in the name of Jesus. And if you're a hymn, God's loosing you as well. It was a directed word, but any time a directed word comes out to build faith in one, if you have that need, you can step in and get the same miracle because God is no respecter of persons, Acts 10:34. Father, I thank you for healing and delivering, and I smash cancer, I smash cancer, I smash cancer at the root. And I command it to dry up and to die and to get out of your body and out of your bloodline. And I break off every lien against your health right now, every legal lien, I supersede by the all-cleansing, forgiving blood of the Lamb in the name of Jesus. You receive Jesus, you just invite him and say, Lord, come in, fill me, flood me, put my name in the Lamb's book of life. He'll do it and he's done it. Open the Bible, begin to read it. You can get an app on a phone, you can get it on the computer. You can buy one at a Bible bookstore. We'll send you one. Info at virtualchurchmedia.com. God bless you. I'm David, and this is my lovely wife with the Queen's Wave. We'll see you next week. Virtualchurchmedia.com. If you want to partner with us, step out in faith and partner and help send the gospel forward to the next person, just like it was sent. you the gospel is free but it costs money to wage war on the devil partner with us virtualchurchmedia.com god bless you see you next week